Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Romans chapter 8. We ready? We're going to continue on. And then I want to do this little plug is that next week, Pastor Mariah Anderson is going to be preaching uh, the, the kind of the home run message of Romans 8. So if you're a Mariah Anderson fan, and you should be, uh, if you've never heard her preach, you should come and you should bring your friends because she is a powerhouse. She is very, very good. And I'm giving her pretty much the best chap passage in the whole Bible to preach. It's going to be great. I can't wait to hear her do it. Hear do it. So um, we're doing Romans 8, verse 28. <clears throat> and we know, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, having chosen them he called them to come to him. Having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Well, that sounds pretty good. Let's pray. Father, we're asking you to just pour out your spirit on us today. Lord, we don't want to just hear more words. We want to encounter you. We want our minds to be renewed, transformed in your presence. And God, that we be shifted to think and be more like you today and live more like the glorified children you designed and predestined to be in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first little Part of this verse in verse 28 is we know, and we know. This is a confidence. This is something that happens when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and then you experience his presence. There is a confidence that emerges that's beyond just, well, I know about God, or I think this might be right, but it's a knowing because it's a personal, intimate connection with the living God. And it goes beyond just head knowledge. And God wants us to be rooted in a place of intimacy with him, with experiencing his presence, and, and we were talking about this in the last message, that leads to this space where we know that we know that we know. It's not just a, a, a hope or an idea or I think so, but it's a knowing, an intimate knowing. This, that God causes everything to work together for good. God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Even the bad things, even the hard things, even the difficult things, God causes all this to work together. You know what? Some things are confusing in this world, right? Some things are very, very difficult for our minds to process. 
But he works them out, and he works them out in a specific way for us. And that's what we need to understand and discover. And that's what is really unpacked in this passage as we start to really grasp what God is doing. What is his real plan and purpose? And you know what? You're going to find out it's not that your life is comfortable. God doesn't mean that you and I are always going to feel good. He's not saying, look, hey, I'm going to make you feel good all the time. I'm not going to put you in good and perfect situations all the time. That is not my perfect plan for your life. See, Romans 8, 18, we read it just a little earlier, says, I consider that our present suffering, sufferings, not even just one suffering, right? Sufferings are not worth comparing. This is the perspective that God is trying to get us to get. We know that God is, that God is at work, that God is moving in and through our lives to do good things. What good things? Even in the midst of our sufferings, God is doing this thing. He is in our present sufferings. It's not even worth comparing with the suffering. It's so amazing. And it's this glory that's being revealed in us. So the verse goes on in uh, Romans 8, verse 28. Those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So the first thing I want you guys and all of us to really get, and I believe Paul wants us to get, is that God has a purpose for those who love him. Do you love him? When you do love him and you fall in love with him and he enters into your life, all of a sudden your life now has purpose. You, you have a purpose. And it's not just to exist. God made you for a purpose. And it is rooted and, and, and wrapped up in his love for you. And it's wrapped up in this process of him transforming your life. He has a purpose to reveal his glory through you. But each one of us has to take ownership of this purpose. And, and believe that even in the midst of this suffering and the hard things that God is generating and doing something in and through my life, that I have a purpose. You have a job. You matter. You're here for a reason. You showed up to church today for a reason. You're a part of this church for a reason. You're born at this time in this generation in this city or this state or moved to this state for a reason. God has a purpose for you. What is that purpose? And this is the challenge that I want each one of us to take home is what is my purpose? And if we shifted from what do I want to do to God, what do you want me to do? See, for those who love God, when you fall in love with God, we shift from a self-centered life to a Christ-centered life. From a my-purpose life to a his-purpose life. And you and I need to re-ask this question every day. It needs to be renewed. Take your lipstick, and dudes, if you have lipstick, come on now, get rid of it, one. Two, use a Sharpie, write it on your mirror. Sharpie? Sure. Sharpie. God, what is your purpose for me today? Those are dots. <laughs> what is your purpose for me today? When we don't ask that or we're not focused on that, we miss a day of real purpose because our real purpose is what he has designed and is desiring for us. 
God, what's your purpose for me sowing into my children today? And when I show up to work today, where am I gonna add value for your kingdom? Where are you asking me to add value? How are you gonna reveal your glory in and through my life rather than I look at the suffering going on in my life every day? If you look at the suffering going on every, every day in your life and that is how you determine whether your life is good or bad, your life's gonna stink. You can always find suffering. You're gonna feel terrible about your life. How about we take a challenge, a purpose-driven challenge, that for a whole month, try a week, that you ask God, what is your purpose for me? How am I gonna add value? And we only see those things and we stop looking at suffering. And when someone asks you, how are you doing today? How's it going in your life? Rather than communicate all about the suffering that's going on in your life, instead, talk about the way God is revealing his glory in the middle of your life. You know, man, there's been stuff going on, but this is what God is doing in the midst of my life. He's revealing his glory in these ways and only talk about those things. Try it for a month. Purpose-driven challenge. No more negativity. It's not that it doesn't exist. No, in this present suffering, God has a plan for those he loves. He is driving his purpose in and through you if you will see it, if you will live with him in that place. See, when you focus on that, you get to bring glory to his name. When you don't, you're actually kind of saying, well, you know what, God isn't really present in my suffering. He isn't really showing up. I don't know if you know that. You might not do, be doing that on purpose. I can't imagine anybody's doing that on purpose. But you know what, that's really what's happening. Is, you know what, God just kind of feel like he doesn't really love me because he's not really here in the midst of that. But that's not the truth because God is always at work for those that love him. And he's actually working it all together for the good that live according to his purpose. We have to see we have a purpose and we have to see his purpose in the midst of everything. Verse 29, and here's where it kind of all comes together. This is where the little reveal happens and we have to stay focused on the context of what God is saying here. Because in verse 29, it goes on to say this, for God knew his people in advance. What? God knew his people in advance. He pre-knew you. In fact, the Bible says that before he created the foundations of the world, he had you in mind. This is kind of an amazing Mind-blowing thing about God. See, God is past, present, and future all at the same time. In fact, time was created for the limitations that exist in human nature. He created time when we fell. Time was created for sin, to manage sin, and our relationship to choose him. It gives us a period of time so that we would not be lost in our suffering forever, in lostness, separation forever. Time is mercy. It's for us. God lives outside of that. He created that past, present, future, and he just, he just is. He is the I am. And he exists in past, present, future all the time. It doesn't have 
relevance to him. It is not affecting him. He doesn't see in and through that. So when he says he foreknew you, that means before he created the world, he knew you and he knew what you would choose. But he did not choose it for you. He gave you an opportunity to choose. But he knew who you, he knew who you were. And when we understand that God has foreknowledge, that he is, he is present all the time, and th this part that, to understand that, you know, he chooses us, this is where our brains start to like go crazy here if we don't stay focused. He chooses or predestined, if we go to the next part, he chooses or predestined them to become like his son. So when we hear this word choose or predestined, that means predecided. But he doesn't say here predecided for you to go to heaven or hell. What does it say? He predecided or predestined those he foreknew to become, to become like, like who? His son. So when he created everything, he created all people, he knew who would choose him and wouldn't. And when you choose him, he's got this rad thing embedded into your choice. It's called grace. It's the power for transformation. When you choose Jesus, you just instantly have been predestined by the power and the grace of God to be transformed into the likeness of his son. And so when you look at your present suffering, no longer does your suffering have power over you. When we go back and look at Romans 7, no longer does the law have power over you. Romans 6, no longer does sin have power over you. Why? Because he predestined you, preloaded with the power of God to be transformed by his grace into the likeness of his son. It's rigged. It's a fixed game. This has been me too. Because everything works out for the good of those who love him. Not every circumstance works out the way you want. That's how we want that scripture to read. Oh, everything works out for my good. It's all going to go good for me. Well, you might learn a few lessons because... God knows that you need some suffering and some difficulty so that you can be what he predestined, like his son. He uses everything, your stupid decisions, your friends' dumb decisions, when the government makes dumb decisions. He uses it all. When the enemy influences people and uses them to cause destructive things to happen, he takes all that stuff, and for those that choose to love him, those that are predestined to be in the image of his son, there's this power at work inside of us, this glory that's being revealed that is transforming us into the likeness of Jesus. All the time. And guess what? Your armor, your defense mechanisms are not even nearly strong enough to resist the hammer of God. His chisel, it can break through any of your defenses. 
He wants to chisel it away from you. Guess what? He's going to win. He's going to win. You can try. You can try to resist the transforming power of God's grace in your life, but you're going to lose. God is going to change you to become like Jesus, and when you get to heaven, you're going to like pop up and be translated in a blink of an eye, the Bible says, and you're going to be in heaven going like, God, what? And all of it's going to begin to melt, and the scales are going to begin to fall, and all of the things that you were never made to be are just going to pass away. Oh, man, that's going to be a really good day. But God is destined for you. One, that's your predestined space. Glorified body that's just like Jesus's. And you and I, we get to, to be made into this as we travel along here in this life. As we struggle along, right? As we struggle along with one another, we continue to be shaped and if we lean into the space, we enjoy the challenge of sanctification and transformation, understanding it's God's pre predestined desire and design for you and I to be in the likeness of his son. Just lean into it. Let him change you. Enjoy the challenge. Enjoy the transformation. Fall in love with the changes, the things that you are making mistakes in, the areas that you're not measuring up in. Guess what? That's not who you are. So don't allow that to get connected to the measurement of your value. Don't allow that to add value to you. It isn't. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I had that thing hanging on me. Cut that thing off. There are ways that we think we're doing good, but we're not. And then we, we find out we weren't doing good. We're like, we feel bad about that. That's okay. God, I feel bad that I was partnering with this part who isn't me. I'm this predestined thing that looks like Jesus. This glorified thing on in the inside is who I really am. So when I cut that off, I'm just glad I got that leech off of me that wasn't who I really was. Anybody like having leeches? You go swimming sometimes, you realize some extra things hanging on, guess what? You're born in a pool of leeches and God's pulling them off. Because that's not who you are. That's not who you are. That stuff's sucking the life out of you, right? Come on. He foreknew, he chose, he knew that you would be shaped into his likeness. So God's plan isn't that you are comfortable. It isn't comfortable. It's likeness. God's plan is not for you to feel comfortable and feel good. It's to be in his likeness. That's what he made you for. So that, goes on, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We talked about this a little bit before, but the concept of the firstborn, the meaning of firstborn is first chosen or first fruits who likes to be picked first ever played kickball anybody play kickball as a kid right I was never picked first very often unless I was with a lot of really small children that's pretty much it never among my peers was I ever picked first for basketball or kickball or baseball for sure not baseball 
They watched me. My, my father-in-law watched me hit a baseball. I was trying to impress my father-in-law playing baseball one time when I was first just trying to get into the family. I was just dating. And then the first time I swing at this ball, it hits. I foul the ball, and it blows out a window. First impressions count. They matter. It's wall uphill from there, right? <laughs> but it feels good when you're picked first, doesn't it? Like, I was picked first. Guess what? Jesus came, and he's the firstborn son of God the Father. And he didn't actually have to come for himself. He was already the son of God, the firstborn, the first picked. But he came here in the, in the first fruits harvest to come get his brothers and sisters. And we get to be co-heirs with him. If you didn't get this, it's earlier on in this, in this passage in Romans 8. Co-heirs. That means we get the same inheritance as Jesus. And he came because we're his first pick. We're his first pick. You're his first pick. And he predestined you to look just like his son, to be just like Jesus, and to, to kick all the leeches off your body bunch of Holy Ghost salt, right? Just, just peppered all over you, just, just dumped all over you just to kill all that stuff because you're his first pick. Everything about you he loves, you. Your sin is not who you are. Your sin is separated. That's a dead old thing that he never made you for. That's not you. You are his chosen first pick and you're part of the first fruits Brothers and sisters, family of God. Verse 30, and having chosen them, God chose them. He called them to come to him. Here's the invitation. Come to me. All right, he's saying, look, there's something going on in your heart and you have been called and I'm inviting you, come to me. And he wants an intimate interaction with him and there are benefits when you come to God when he calls you to him he gives you right standing with himself come to me you've got leeches on you you're broken there's suffering and hard things around you going on all the time come to me and I am going to make purpose of all of that because I have a purpose for you. I'm gonna make all that stuff work out for your good. See, all that that's now just causing destruction and depression and, and doubt and despair in your life, I'm now gonna take all that stuff and I'm gonna make it work out for something good for you. You just have to come to me, Jesus says. Just come to me. You come to me, now I'm gonna make you right with myself. That's what Jesus says. I'm gonna do it all. I'm gonna pour out all the salt all over you. We're gonna kick all the leeches off and I have something purposed for you. Now when all the suffering and hard things are going on around your life, they now have purpose. They're about transforming you into my likeness and revealing my glory in the midst of all that suffering so more people that I've chosen to be with me will hear, will see, will come. And when they come, I'm gonna take them and I'm gonna make them righteous with myself. God does the work to make you clean enough, healed enough, transformed enough so that you can be in his presence. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to wash yourself up. Have you ever been so dirty you can't go inside? Woo. Have you guys ever been so dirty? I used to get dirty when I was a kid, really dirty, 
full submersion dirty, like so muddy that my mom would have harmed me if I would have ever taken one step inside. Standing outside like a little kid. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know if I go in, I'm going to make a huge mess. I'm not allowed in like this. And what would my dad do? My mom wouldn't do it. My mom would go like, go hose that boy off. Dad would come out, water hose, Alaskan water hose. That's something right there. And he'd just blast all that stuff right off. So I was ready to come in. And you know what? I'm, I'm saying... I'd have to strip down naked as a little boy so I could come inside. Well, guess what? That's what God does for you. He just blasts off all the junk and makes you right. Takes you in, just you, only the parts, not the parts you want to cover yourself up with so you feel better about you. And he invites you in. Then he clothes you with righteousness. Right Standing, he puts a robe on you, something beautiful that he made to actually fit you perfectly, to accentuate who you really are. Those who come to him, have been call, uh, he, having called them, he gave them right standing with himself, and having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Come on, he clothes you with his glory. You're not just kind of let in the house. I'm like, oh, I can't believe you made such a big mess. No, he clothes you with his best, with his very presence. God's got a robe of glory for you that he wants to put on you. And you know what? He already has. This is where you need, if you've chosen Jesus, this process has happened for you. You've come to him. You've chosen him. He's made you righteous. He is actually transfigured or transformed formed you. That's what that word means. It's used multiple times in the New Testament of transfiguring or metamorphosis. It's a transformation of who you were into who you really were designed to be. Not who you want to be or who you think you be. No, he made you righteous. He transfigured you to be exactly what he wanted. Then he clothed you perfectly with his glory to show you off. You ever been so proud of your kids? You show them off. This is my kid. That's how daddy God is with you all the time. This is my kid. So I encourage you every day, renew this process. Come to him. Say, daddy, because your heart is saying, Abba, father, I need you. I know I was made for you. Daddy, I'm so thankful you made me in right standing with you. Daddy God, I love the way you made me. I love the way you made me. And you have to think of yourself in future self. Redeemed, transfigured, glorified, perfectly healed and made right in right standing with God in eternity in heaven. There's a moment when you go there and every imperfection is now washed away. Every sin, every leech, everything has been washed away. And you are in this perfect glorified state with God and you, are in a, you have his glory all enveloping you. And that's how you need to imagine yourself right now. Because that's your true state. This is why we know. We know. Nothing can come against that. 
What shall we say, verse 31, about such wonderful things? Are these some wonderful things? This is some wonderful stuff. If God is for us, if God is for you in this way, who can be against you? Like who could ever come against that? Do you know that God is not just for knowing? He knows everything from the beginning. He's also all powerful. Omnipotent is what we call this, all powerful. That means nothing, when he sets this power in place and he does this in you, nothing can undo it. Total security. Set, there's no earthquake. Nothing can move this position about this wonderful place that he's put you in. And who can ever come against you? Can your friends kind of like say, if they tell you all day long every day, you're not beautiful, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not this enough, does that change your status with God? It can't. Because God himself made you righteous. Can you sin your way out of that position? Say it, no. You're like, I don't know, a trick question. No, not a trick question. If your sin didn't make you or your lack of sinning didn't clean you up and make you righteous, it's not gonna unmake you righteous if it starts to come back. It's not like, well, I cleaned you up one time and you better not get dirty again, son. If you go back out there and get in the mud, I'm not gonna clean you up. No, you're permanently clean. All right? It's like Teflon in your spirit. It don't stick no more. It's separated. It's actually trans, it, it's not, it's your, tra your spirit is transformed and now regenerated. It comes alive now because it's saved. Now you're whole, you are saved by the Holy Spirit. But your sin nature, we were talking about this last couple chapters, Romans 6 and 7, okay, primarily uh, 6, okay, is you're separated from that sin. It's not part of you. It's not who you were ever made to be. It's the leeches on your body. That's not you. When Jesus comes and you choose him, you're made right permanently. It's Teflon. If you go back out and choose to play in the mud, you're going to get some mud on you and some consequences, but it's not affecting your spirit man. It doesn't. It can't. Because you were made righteous by God. And the enemy can come and do this and talk in your ear all day long and say, hey, you're terrible for doing that. I can't believe you do that. You, God would never accept you again because you went back into that sin and you went back and got yourself dirty again and you ran away from him when you came to him the first time and he called you and oh, he made you righteous and he made you, gave his glory, but now you just messed it all up and now it's all undone. The enemy wants you to believe that that's true. And that's just one big, fat, stinking lie. Because if God is for you in this way where he chose you and he foreknew the, you, and then he predestined you to be made like his son. This is a bump in the road. Whatever sin is going on in your life, whatever struggle is in your life, whatever suffering is in your life right now, even if it's by your own decision and consequences, it's a bump in the road where he is transforming you to be like his son. It's part of the process. And some people say, hey, this is just a little too positive, Josh. 
just a little too rosy color. This is kind of like one of those, you know, rub some Jesus butter on it. It isn't really quite reality type statements. I'm telling you right now, it is that good. It is that good. It is not rubbing Jesus butter on it. This is the core of the gospel of what Jesus came and died for is to make you his first pick. And his first pick is exactly the way he wants. And he made you his first pick and made you in the likeness of his son. And who could ever come against that? In fact, verse 33 says this, who dares? And this is actually a shot across the bow at the devil himself. Who dares accuse? Because who's the accuser of the believers? Satan himself and all his little henchmen, okay? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? How dare you tell me that I'm not pretty enough? <laughs> Do you even tell me I'm not pretty enough? Don't you even think about telling me I'm not good enough, that I'm not worth it to God? No, 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 no. Who dares accuse me whom God himself, the almighty, all-powerful, foreknowing God, no one, for God himself, God himself, he didn't delegate this to the archangel, Michael. He delegates all kinds of tasks, right? God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who is anyone else to have any say about it? And let me just come at you for a second. Who are you? Who do you think you are to even say you're not good enough? Who are you to decide about God's creation and what he decided was gonna be righteous? Who was gonna be righteous? Who are you to say you're not good enough, worthy enough of God's love? You know what? You don't get that say. He picked you. You're on his kickball team. He's looking around. He goes, I know who I'll pick. You. First. Not second choice. Not, oh, jeez. I wish I had Derek Jeter on my team or, you know. No. He's thinking, I wish I had you. I'm glad I have you. And now I made you right and in right standing with me. What voices are going on in your head about who you are? What voices, what are you hearing about who you are? Oh, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good enough. Uh, I've sinned too much, God wouldn't want me, he doesn't want me back. I'm, uh, I'm too much for people. My personality is just too much for them. Or I'm not enough. Oh, I just never seem to measure up. Or, God just dealt me a bad hand. It just never seems to go out right for me. All I see is the negative all the time. And oh my gosh, all it is is suffering today and suffering tomorrow and suffering the next day and my whole life's gonna be suffering. If God is for you, who can be against you? If you continue to look at your present or even past suffering every day, then you're gonna see it every day. And your life is gonna be one big pile a doo-doo and it's gonna feel that way all the time shift what you see 
God made you, he chose you, first picked you, and made you right. So you could reveal his glory. He has purposes for you. Really, really good ones. And when the devil starts ringing in your ear, calling you up, hello, it's me, the devil. And I just want to tell you a few things about how I think you are. But you're like, click. We're going to hang that phone up right now. Because if it doesn't, if, if, if some voice is going on in your head, you are the enemy is saying, you're not good enough, pretty enough. Why would God not use me? Why would he ever even think about using me? Or man, I just, I don't have anything to offer. No, you have a purpose because you were chosen. You were picked. And you were made righteous for a purpose. And you love God? Okay, you got a purpose. You're already made right. It's just about walking away from and not going back out and dipping in the mud. Right? Let's not go back out there and dip in the mud. Let's live according to the purpose we were made for. We got to shut off that accuser. We got to turn him off in our minds. Because he doesn't know who the heck does he think he is? Well, he wishes he was God. Verse 34, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at the right hand of God, pleading for us or interceding, praying for us. Did you know we talked about last week that the Holy Spirit's job is to work in through your life? And if you learn how to pray in the Holy Spirit, he is now interceding through you. So the Holy Spirit lives in you, praying for you through you. And guess who's standing at the right hand of God? Jesus. And guess what he's doing? He's praying for you too. It's rigged. This is why we know, we know that if God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, if God is for us, who can be against us? We know. Because this glory plan that we're on, no one can get us off this track. It's fixed. You're on the track. You're on the winning track. You're on the track for success. You choose Jesus, you're on the track for success in life. You choose Jesus, you're on the track for success and favor with God. Come on, everywhere you put your feet, you find the favor of God. If you, if you choose Jesus, you love him, you have purpose. God has put you on a purpose plan to reveal his glory to the people around you. You're a winner. You showed up today, maybe you're thinking you're a loser, but who are you and who is anybody to accuse you of not being a glorified, made righteous child of God? First pick, firstborn. Come on. Nobody. We need a shift. You see, when I believe and I see myself as a glorified, set aside, unbelievably awesome, amazing human being made by God, called to change the world, I live, I feel differently about myself. And I live differently every day. You need to see the same thing. Nothing separates you from me, me from you. We're all chosen by God. We're all picked by Him. And it really is about, do we see what He really did in us? And will we, will we, will we come to Him? Just, just come to Him. Just lean in and press into him and let him just do it. In the midst of whatever's going on, you always find the win. Always find the win. 
And that's not spin and Jesus butter. There's always a win because Jesus is always winning in you. Find it. Let's, oh, this was hard. Yeah, that was hard. God, what do you want to do and teach me in this so I can become more like your son? Here you go, Josh. Shift this. Do you see that? Oh, I trusted you in that, and I saw you came through for me. My faith grew. I'm more like your son. Oh, I see how this part of me, whenever this challenge comes on, I start to get afraid, and I start to behave badly. Oh, you want me to shift that instead of be afraid and control my situation? You want me to take my fear to you and trust you with it and see you as my living God, my rock, my anchor? And then I'll respond and trust instead? Awesome. Now I'm more like your son. Come on, somebody betrays you, hurts you, and, and, and they, they walk away from you, and you're like, what? I didn't deserve that. Yep, you probably didn't. But you know what? Hey, in this space, in that space, Jesus, I know that you never leave me or forsake me. You're never gonna abandon me, and you're my true father and my true daddy God, and I can walk in the same love you extended to me, and I can walk in forgiveness to them, and I can experience your presence and your power and your love moving in and through my life as I let them go. And I learned that, you know what? That relationship doesn't define me. What they said about me, what they say about me, doesn't define me. My relationship with you, Daddy God, that defines me. Okay, now I'm a little bit more like Jesus. You can always win, whether you have everything or nothing. <laughs> Amen. Listen, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today is your day. He chose you. He picked you. You're his first pick. Wherever you feel about you, however you feel about you, God feels this way about you. You're his first pick. You're the one he chose and he loves. You're here today for a reason. And I'm encouraging you in just a second when I give you an opportunity to consider turning your life over to Jesus. He made you for a relationship with him. It's super simple. You just... Believe in your heart Jesus is God and confess or speak or pray with your mouth and invite him and declare him as God in your life and invite him to change you and to meet you and you'll be saved. Will you close your eyes with me for a moment all around the church? If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I just am ready. I want this life that God has chosen for me and I want to respond to Jesus. I want to invite Jesus into my life today. Just shoot your hand up right now. Anybody here, Jesus, I want to receive you. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Thanks. Anybody else? Jesus, I want to just receive you today. Yeah, thanks. Anybody else? Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive you. Awesome. Let's pray. Pray this with me. In church, you can pray along. Anybody that wants to give your heart to the Lord, just do this. Say, Jesus, I believe you are God. I give my whole life to you. I receive your forgiveness for my sin. And Jesus, come into my life as God. Change everything. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Transform me. Fill me up and speak to me and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.